0: Hey there Cinecasters, it's your boy Phil here with a very special announcement. I'm making a movie. For the last couple of years I've been writing a script called The Regulant. It's a feature-length comedy-drama set at the Prince Charles Cinema, which you've heard of. Following a day in the life of a group of hapless employees, the film explores all the joy and misery of being a 20, 30 something with no direction. Stuck in a job you hate, but a place you love. Watch this band of disgruntled I should talk movie, deal with annoying customers, and above all, deal with each other. Next year, I'll finally be shooting the regular. But first, I'm going to need some help. Check out my Indiegogo page for more information and to donate if you can. There'll be a link in the description of this episode. We've got a bunch of cool perks lined up for backers, including merch, tickets to the premiere, and even getting an actual role in the movie. Don't worry if you can't spare the change, just please share the page and help us reach our goal. Now on with the show.
1: fine everything's fine everything's it's, everything's, everything's okay it's gonna be no, okay Nobody cursed no one's cursed i'm They're not gonna cursed. be cool. Nobody I'm cursed. cursed i'm not cursed. I'm not, nobody cursed. cursed I'm not cursed this is a curse of I'm a film cursed. i mean this is like a curse if, especially if you've like watched the rebuquel well, like you know it's like fucking cursed. <laughs> it's, fucking cursed. it's a curse it's a curse the whole thing's a curse we're dealing with curses curse. Um, I feel very cursed right now. And I'm not going to say why, because it's completely, <laughs> Shame. Shame. completely redundant by this point. Um, by the time that people listen to this episode, yeah. so it doesn't, it come and it doesn't even matter. Yeah. But uh, fuck me. My anxiety has been through the roof lately. A lot to do with yeah. what's going on. Um, and then also just because I'm mental. And mm-hmm. also because uh, of other things that I haven't even told you about. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you later But yeah, it's like, oh my god And mm. now I feel like I'm totally cursed So It's okay though
0: It's a stressful movie It's okay It's a stressful <laughs> movie <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the
1: podcast. okay Sinicast man, it's not real Presented by the Prince Charles Cinema <laughs> And the Breadcrumbs Collective This is your host, Jonathan Foster And I am here with my Candy boy, candy
0: boy. Phil.
1: How's it going, Phil? The candy not boy right. can.
0: <laughs> the candy boy can. I mean, that's just, you know, I don't really like candy, so yeah. this film is scary on two fronts.
1: Yeah, it's got um, you.
0: I'm, you know, hanging in there You know, Halloween, not just avoiding mirrors at the moment.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: No relation to this, I just hate myself, hate the way I live. I feel
1: like if... This podcast was a mirror. We would definitely need to, because we're going to say this name a hell of a lot <laughs> more times than five times. I'm sure of it. Sure of it. Definitely. So we're yeah definitely really like testing if, fates here. It's kind of crazy,
0: you know, for people on the Patreon. Just so you know, if you look in the mirror and you say um five times in the mirror, we show up in the bathroom and we do an episode on you. Yeah. <laughs> just about just, you on you <laughs> we, it's like a it's a roast about you it's like a roast yeah. <laughs> we have mics for hand if you
1: pay us you know that, I think that's also you have to pay us as well, we'll, that, we'll that's how it works but you have to pay us a hundred pounds <laughs> for that you know
0: we just rub <laughs> you and do an episode <laughs> on you
1: <laughs> hey patreon speaking of patreon patreon.com forward slash the PCC yeah, podcast uh five dollars or more a month you can get yourself some bonus episodes me and Phil we were gonna do uh something related to this episode but we're not now because you know whatever (laughs) it doesn't matter if you if you become a patron you support the podcast you uh, also get early episodes so we're not only doing the pod charles cinecast these days we're doing franchise and that's coming in your pod charles cinecast feed and if you support the podcast you get early episodes of franchise as well as the pod charles cinecast so yeah do it support the podcast that's the only way we get paid I'm wasting money on plaques yeah. that aren't going to be given to people, uh, and that's coming out of my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so support
0: us. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, you can cut this out. But do you think, just in general, because remember this happened right before COVID, you think the pot Charlie did <laughs> just? It is.
1: It is. That's what I mean. The pot charlie's <laughs> because after completely that completely <laughs>
0: cursed. Then it went cloned for like a year and a half, and yeah. we can't even do it again. Nothing come out. Yeah. Oh man!
1: There won't be a Pod Charlie's 2022 because it's just gonna shut down. Are you kidding me? We're not doing this it's again. It's gonna shut down the film industry for five years. It's this is cursed. You get one plaque made. you get one wrong. plaque it's made, and shit doesn't happen. One One plaque fucking made. plaque, and we're 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 shutting down like the whole fucking cinema. It's crazy. <laughs> 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 Jesus Christ. Last week Phil and I howled at the moon, we chased some cars, we bit some mailmen, and we actually turned into a wolf with John Lanis's an American werewolf in London. Now we turn our attention to the mirrors. And do we dare utter that name five times? Say his name. It's time for vampires,
2: (laughs) witches, werewolves.
1: Oh Oh my. my!
2: Spooky Yuki Halloween Vampires, Witches and Werewolves Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> it's time for your spooky It's time for a spooky oogie. It's time for your spooky oogie. It's time for your spooky oogie. It's time for your spooky oogie.
0: It's week four. It's time.
1: <laughs> it's week four. Sorry, our final I'll, week. The last time Actually, It's the last it. time. It's the last time you're going to get that theme. The last week. The last, it's probably never going to get played October went. again. Uh, it's our final again. week of Spooky Ookies. I can't believe. Holy shit, dude. What the hell happened?
0: We did it. Because we doubled up these episodes. It's only the
1: 15th end. of October by our
0: count of recording this. <laughs> yeah, technically we've only done yeah. it twice and we're done. Fucks. <laughs> But yeah, Phil, it's Oh My Week,
1: a.k.a. a grab bag of horror, comedy horror, and supernatural films. Last week. We gave you, the (laughs) listeners, the options between Richard Donner's 1976 Son of the Devil story, The Omen, the Spike Lee-produced 1995 horror anthology film, Tells from the Hood, and the 2000 Wayne's Brothers horror parody classic, (laughs) Scary Movie, but... You all
0: my decided to go with
1: <laughs> what film, Phil? Phil?
0: Say it five times.
1: I dare you? Dare you?
0: Candyman. <laughs> Candyman. You dare me? Candyman. You dare me? I'll say it. I'll give a fuck. <laughs> to Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> I could can do it. Do it. I don't have a mirror, so it won't even count, bro. Do it. Get a mirror. Okay, but on the fifth one, on the fifth one, you have to like, you have to edit something. You have to like, <laughs> and then you do the rest of the episode by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll, I'll get my phone yeah. It's a black mirror account?
1: Yeah, that's what black mirror is all about It's just
0: what um, the remake is about The reboot, the sequel they should, Everyone does it in a phone No
1: they use mirror. Actually, dude, to be yeah, honest It's, worse it's even better with the mirrors and stuff In the in the reboot I'm not gonna lie I, He's all confined right. to fucking mirrors It's pretty cool You only see in the mirrors I
0: have a question about the sequel But we'll get yeah. there in the end Alright um, Okay Candyman 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 Helen (laughs) Chicken They will say
2: That I have shed innocent blood What's blood for If not for shedding With my hook for a hand I'll split you from your groin to your gullet. Have you ever heard of Candyman?
1: And if you look in the mirror, you say his name five times.
2: In cities everywhere... Candyman. They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. We're it ain't safe around here. That don't scare too easy. You wanna know about Ruthie
0: Jane? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman.
2: Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? Now, she is about to discover. Tell him? What's behind the mystery? I'm sick. What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all. Come with me. What's behind the mirror?
0: He's
2: here. Candyman, you don't have to
1: believe. Just beware. Helen Lyle, played by Virginia Madsen, is a Chicago graduate student with a deep fascination with urban legends, which she and her friend Bernadette, played by Cassie Lemons, are using as a basis for their thesis project. She stumbles across the local legend of Candyman, who is said to appear if his name is spoken five times in front of a mirror. Helen learns from a member of the custodial staff at the university, so of course you're going to trust this, right? That Candyman was responsible for the murder of a woman at the Cabrini-Green housing project in Chicago's North Side. And after looking into the murder, discovers a string of unsolved murders attributed to Candyman. Helen and Bernadette visit Cabrini-Green where they meet Anne-Marie, played by Vanessa Williams. Not that Vanessa Williams. Another Vanessa Williams, who is the neighbor of the woman murdered who lives alone at Cabrini-Green with her dog and her infant son. After Helen and her husband, Trevor, played by Xander Berkeley, have dinner with Trevor's colleague, she learns that Candyman was a well-to-do black artist who fell in love with a white woman in the late 1800s and impregnated her. The woman's father sent a lynch mob after him. They cut off his right hand and smeared it with honeycomb stolen from an apiary, attracting bees that stung him to death. His corpse... Was burned in a pyre and his ashes were scattered across the land on which Cabrini Green was eventually built. Helen continues to visit Cabrini, where she is assaulted by a local drug kingpin who is arrested for the crimes linked to Candyman. But soon after, a mysterious man matching the Candyman's description begins stalking Helen, and she comes to fear that the legend may be all too real. (laughs) She decapitates. Emory's dog and steals her baby and tries to burn in a fire. It's the 1992 <laughs> gothic supernatural horror film written and directed by Bernard Rose, who is one of the guys who like directed one of the versions of uh, that song from Body Double, <laughs> based on the short story <laughs> "They're Forbidden" by Clive Barker. <laughs> To bring the farmer back, hot takes out the gate, Candyman. Phil,
0: hot, during hot takes. This was a really nice surprise. Had you seen it before? I'd never seen oh, it. Wow, I'd never seen it. Wow. I watched it this morning. I knew of it. Obviously, yeah. I knew of Candyman. It's like it's you know, supposed to be a fucking classic, but yeah, again, I've been lucky. The last a lot of the movies we've been watching through October have been. Much better than I anticipated. Like, this was really good and actually terrifying. A great story. A Great fucking premise for, like, a slasher movie, for, like, a, the antagonist. I guess Candyman has such a cool history.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, it's prescient and relevant. Like, I'm no surprise why you try and equalize that now. Um, I know there were other ones. I don't know how they fare. I'm assuming they sort of lose the, the commentary again, like <laughs> yeah. the zombie movie. Yeah. But no, it's about race and class and poverty. And it does it all in really interesting and not hand-fisted ways. And it's bolstered by like, it looks incredible. It's cut incredibly. Like a lot of flashes, like frames, like, you know, from early in the movie, that keep coming back and it's like, yeah. you're being haunted and she becomes haunted. The fucking music, the Philip the soundtrack? Music. Holy shit. My god, just bullshit. Holy shit. Is so this good. This movie. Yeah. And honestly, like, it's one of the most fucked up horror movies I've ever seen. Like, literally, like, just physically, the shit you see its horrible. Like, people, the way people get killed and stuff and some of the images. But the ending, it's a great ending. It's the perfect ending for the movie. And it's not one I saw coming. But just the idea of what's happening at the end is so <laughs> yeah. fucked up and so unsettling. Yeah. It's genuinely scary. Like, I think this movie would have really, like, it kind of freaked me out now. Like, I'm really glad I didn't watch this as a child. Yeah. Like, this really would have scared <laughs> me. And it would have, I would have never gone outside again for fear of being. <laughs> <either. Yeah. laughs> so I really. Really enjoyed it. I think it's great. I can see why it's a classic of that genre and it's of the horror genre, sorry. And it it's a story not told, you know, um, very often within horror. Like now we're getting it back, but you know, and we haven't had many um, that focus sort of on people of color. And you know, this movie still has a, a white lead, but the story is very much about people of colour and sort of how they're marginalized and used and abused and how, you know, they've just used the slasher as a metaphor for like the daily horrors. And I think they played, literally say that line in the movie. Yeah. It's great. It's just a great story. It's a great movie about folklore and the stories we tell ourselves and how they are made real by our own fears and igniting It's just really well done. Just, yeah. I liked it. I was surprised how much I liked it. Don't want to watch it again anytime soon. <laughs> <It's> fucking... <laughs> Freaky art movie, dude. <laughs> um, really freaky.
1: Yeah, it's a it's certainly a fun one. When I was a kid, I was always like really freaked out by it for sure. I saw it like pretty young. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Tony Todd <sighs> no. for me like always is Candy amazing. Man. Like he's amazing. forgot to mention him. Like he's, he's so good. The voice and it's like like you said, it's okay. cool. You have like a black like horror icon. Like it's fucking cool. icon. There's not yeah. many. Like if if at all like and he's like there no. he's up there with like your Freddies and your Chuckies and like your Jason's he's, and yeah. all that like he's, he's there like it's, he's cool as shit like Candyman's awesome but, but yeah the film itself it's like man so creepy the like the whole the whole tone is creepy I don't know what it is about that time period of like the early 90s like we were talking to you know about uh, the early 90s with hocus pocus this is a year before and how it's got that fucking tone to it and just something about it this is like the other side of it it's the horror side like the horror films from that era Mm. like i'm thinking a lot about like like, you know your chucky sequels and stuff like even the first chucky just the way they make chicago look it's this film like chicago looks terrifying And, like, I know a lot of that is playing off of, like, you know, it is a bit of, like, touching on racial issues and stuff and people being afraid of, like, ghettos and stuff. And, like, that was a lot of what Mm, Bernard Rose was trying to do with this film was try to, you know, show how people view ghettos and stuff and being afraid to go into these areas Mm. because Cabrini Green was like a real thing and it was just like a thing that people were afraid of and he like made it terrifying like it looks so scary the tone is scary the music and everything around it is scary and then you have to have this man like with the fucking hook being like (laughs) coming through your mirrors and like you know having fucking bees attached to him and all sorts of shit just like haunting your nightmares forever like it's fucking scary like it's really cool, but I will say I watched this film a few years back to like just kind of watch it and it's got a thing that I don't know what it is about it and I can't ever place my finger on where it is in the film what makes it happen when it happens um certain films from the 90s have this where it just it's a it's a sleepy movie you can't be caught like, Tired watching this because you will fall asleep. Yeah,
0: especially the first half.
1: The more I start learning about it, there's something that I'll get to a little later that is like insane that I wonder if it's something weird going on with the filmmaking that's made this happen. But it is something about it. There's a moment in this film where it's like, because it starts really cool and it's like fucking dark and sinister and it feels scary and she's going into the, you know, to Cabrini Green and it's just like fucking scary. And then mm. the whole idea of Candyman. And he doesn't really come for a while. Um, You just like see no, flashes. It's of like not stuff.
0: until like an hour in. Yeah.
1: yeah. So there's a moment though, like where you hit and it just gets sleepy. I think it is kind of after the, the dog's head's been cut off and the kid's missing and stuff it, it there's something happens where it's just like dude what there's a weird dip and I don't I can't explain it it's a strange moment in the film and I was telling Julia this like I was like there's gonna be a moment you just wait because she was like I haven't seen this since I was a kid and it freaked me out when I was young and then she was like watching it and I was like you got sleepy there didn't you and she was just like yeah I nearly fell asleep <laughs>
0: like I think, I honestly, I think it's part of the DNA of the movie. because yeah. Then the whole thing with the eyes and he sort of hypnotizes her you know, and he keeps, yeah. he keeps blacking out every time he's there. Absolutely. And I think that maybe there's something subconscious happening in the way yeah, they're making in the it, film, that they're yeah. trying to get you to feel like that. <laughs> yeah. sort of, but it's weird. They sort of lull you into a dreamlike state just in the movie and ramping up to it mm. most violent, and yeah. most you know, um, exciting. The first half, it kind of, it's slow. It's a slow burn. It's a lot. And that's yeah. why I like the first yeah, yeah. half. It could it's just people talking about the candy. And you get the story from multiple different angles until she finally goes to the fucking project and she climbs through the holes and into the walls and trying to figure it out. And then you think... You know, the whole thing that she thinks she'd found it with the, the gangster who'd taken the fucking name, Candy. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. But here you're looking for the Candyman, that bit in the bathroom and that <laughs> fucking terrifying as well, man, with the kid and all that paid off. Cause that kid comes back and I love that. All the characters pay off. Yeah. Um, And then after that, as soon as she gets like, I mean, it, it, the film is literally held down after that because she, like, the dog's head cut off, get cut off. And she gets committed. Yeah. You know, after that, it's her, it's just, it the whole, the whole movie, people trying to stop her from moving and yeah. do things. No, it does feel quite frustrating.
1: Yeah. You lose your, Maybe uh, that's part of the, it. your know. lead in the film as well. Cause you're, you're, you're not really sure if like, what's going on at that point. Like, is it all just in is her she head? Like, She's fucking crazy. Like yeah. this crazy white lady coming into the ghetto, trying to like, you know, it looks you know, bad. It's like, what the fuck? What are you doing? Mm. Um, yeah, so I, cool. I I do like I like that element to it. It's a it's a crazy story, and um, I mean I'll talk about like the sequel, um, the new one mm. uh, towards the end. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fun stuff, man. But so we don't get sleepy, Phil. I think we should just you know get it out of the way. Just go ahead.
2: Snack time. Not over yet we still pretend that we'll have a little snack time now that we've black. Snack We will have a little snack time Now that we have so snack We snack on We'll have a little snack
0: time Did you did you order a special snack for this one as well?
1: No. Didn't get screwed over this week. But I did get something. <laughs> so we're talking candy men, right? There's a lot of like yeah. old school looking <laughs> shitty candies and, and wrappers and stuff that with razor blades and all with sorts razor of blades. shit. So, yeah, yeah. I've got a really just it's the worst looking shit i've ever seen in my life it's uh
0: ew dude
1: as the mint selection um because it just looks like the candy that's just like you know it's that kind of shit old people give out you know you got clear mint, oh my god dude mint humbug mint toffee best english mint so um
0: that all sounds like trash. This is the kind of stuff. You're <laughs> the Candyman like, this week, bro.
1: Oh, smells bad as soon as you open it. This is the kind of shit that will get somebody's house egged because, like, you know, you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't have been giving out some shit like this. So, I'll I'll just yeah. grab one, some mint toffee. See if there's any oh, razor two things blades. I don't
0: like. <laughs> no yeah, razor you have blades. to bust it open. Cool, cool. Safety first.
1: It's like fucking rock hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is horrible Ugh. maybe there is like a right rate to play in it <laughs> you're really struggling with it
1: yeah this is one of those that like, I guess you just like have to suck on forever <laughs> it's not that bad but it's, it's definitely kind of bad mm. Ugh. kind of annoying yeah
0: yeah I'm never going yeah, to looks that bad. I can't Just spit it out, man. Yeah. Oh. Uh. Uh. So how many hooks to the groin do you give it?
1: <laughs> well, because it's hooks to the groin, and I felt like I got a lot of hooks to the groin, it's got to get five, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, five <laughs> but if we're, to But if groin. we're rating it,
1: it's only going to get one hook to the groin, and that's enough. That is enough. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even finish it, dude. Yeah. All right, but, man.
1: Uh, What'd you bring? Hopefully you brought something better than me. I'm an idiot. Yeah.
0: Well, it's not candy. You know, we're talking candy, man. We're talking beans. do beans like? What do beans make? Honey. Honey.
1: Yeah, that's what I should have done.
0: I got the honey. I got same breed, clear honey. And I have a spoon. I'm just going to eat a spoonful of honey. If, you know, I'd weirded that sound.
2: Nice. Ooh,
0: sweet fuck. Isn't it good for when you're like thick? Yeah. You know, just a spoonful of honey. Oh, look at that. Look at the drip on that. <laughs> just straight up honey. <laughs> just like Winnie the Pooh.
1: Yeah. Sometimes that's like good and sometimes mm. it's just like, nah.
0: <laughs> oh, God. It's yeah. so sweet though.
1: Jesus Christ. A God. bit much. Yeah.
0: And you need it with something, man. You've got to put it in tea or something. Yeah. Or like on a pancake or something.
1: It's <laughs> good though. How many dogs' heads does it get? Severed dogs'
0: heads. No,
1: no.
0: It's hard to judge, honey. Yeah, you know, okay. I don't want any more, honey. But it would good. Four? four? Three? Nice. Three and a half, four? four, four. Fuck it, four, four, four dogs' heads,
1: four. I don't care. Now four. I'm annoyed that I have this whole pack. I think I'm just gonna give it out to kids. That's the tri- thing. Kids are trick or treating or something.
0: And your house is going to get eggs. It does the thing with snack time, dude. Because you end up buying a whole fucking pack of something. And if it's not, you're stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. See, you guys don't know. It happens more than you the, think.
1: The shit that we have to go through. <laughs> the,
0: the sacrifices we yeah. make. The plaques, oh, we make. <laughs> the
1: plaques we make. The plaques we make.
0: He did email to say he
1: still wants to do the podcast, by the way. So that's nice.
0: Oh, Nice. I see, I see. But he don't want the plaque though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'll show him the plaque when we're recording.
0: Oh. bro look what we made for you. He's like, oh, that's great.
1: So Candyman came into fruition after a chance meeting between Bernard Rose and Clive Barker, who recently completed his own film adaptation of his own book called Nightbreed in 1990. Rose expressed interest in Barker's story, The Forbidden, which was a story that was part of Barker's in the flesh book, which was the fifth installment of Clive Barker's books of blood series. And Barker (laughs) agreed to license the rights to the story. Have you read any of Clive Barker's stuff? I mean, you know, he's like the Hellraiser guy, but no,
0: obviously. Yeah. I've, I know of, I know of him. Yeah. Obviously like a famous name in horror literature. Um, I've, but all I've, Experience up until this point, it's like I think I saw the first Hellraiser, yeah, at the cinema, and I've seen this now. Mm. And the video games, do you remember like they made a bunch of uh, they made like Jericho, yeah, yeah, called, yeah, something like that, yeah, and that was big. They were like, Oh my god, from the mind of Clive Barker, <laughs> you know. Um, so that's all I, I know, I more know him by uh, by name, I've not read any of his stuff, yeah. Um, have you though? Are you no, a No, I'm in
1: the same. St- same book as you. I've, uh, I'm, I've I've not really dived into Clark, Clive Barker's uh, back catalog of stories and books and all that. And I know he's meant to be great and people love him. But yeah, I'm I'm not the biggest reader of books anyway. As you can tell by my stupidity of uh, anything <laughs> I've ever said, I don't sound re- well-read. I only but, read uh, books
0: that are based on movies anyway, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I only read books that are like autobiographies uh if I do read anything. <laughs> and uh yeah, so but it's it's cool. Clive Barker, a bit of a legend and the horror field and yeah. Um his story though for The Forbidden, so it sort of largely is based around this sort of fable of a of a candyman. It's like a bee covered creature with a hook and stuff. And it's a lot more about like uh, people it plays a lot more on people's like beliefs of urban legends and stuff. I mean it's similar vibes to this, but it was actually
0: set mm. in Liverpool. Isn't it set in Liverpool?
1: Yeah, it was set yeah, in Liverpool, that, that... which is Clive Barker's uh it's like hometown. And yeah, he, he basically played on British class systems and uh you know, just it was a lot of a lot about like I think Candyman and his story didn't need to be like summoned. It was more like he could kind of appear if he kind of knew someone didn't believe.
0: Okay. I mean, they play it fast and loose with the rules in need movie. Yeah, they yeah,
1: yeah, they have do. Yeah. But uh, Bernard Rose was really shocked by Chicago's dynamic architecture and its large amount of prejudice, and he decided to change Liverpool to Chicago.
0: He pulled the John Kutnack with high fidelity.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Assisted by members of Illinois' Film Commission, Rose scouted locations in Chicago and found Cabrini Green, a housing project notorious for its poor construction, violence, and high robbery rates. Rose said, and I spent some time there, and I realized that there was an incredible arena for a horror movie because it was a place of such palpable fear. And rule number one when you're making a horror movie is to set it somewhere frightening. And the fear of the urban housing project, it seemed to me, was actually totally irrational because you couldn't really be in that much danger. Yes, there was crime there, but people were actually afraid of driving past it. And there was such an aura of fear around the place that I thought it was really something interesting to look into because it's sort of a kind of fear that's in the heart of modern cities. And obviously, it's racially motivated. But more than that, it's poverty motivated. So... That's his mindset going into it. The Cabrini Green housing project was also located between high-class neighborhoods. So you kind of get that, like, you see that a lot here in London. And there's also that, like, you know, the wrong side of the tracks mentality in America. So you get, like, you know, you'll have this really nice area. Pakistan Point. Yeah. So... That kind of meant that Helen could fill Cabrini Green's chaos from a safe apartment, not too far away. I love
0: that thing, yeah, the idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, where
1: she compares her like it's like the same sort of thing. She opens like the project the, yeah, the medicine cabinet, and everything. Yeah. While investigating one of Candyman's crime scenes, Helen and Bernie discover that, like you were saying, the design of the apartment's medicine cabinets made it possible for a point of entry for an intruder. So this was not a made up piece of horror movie fiction while researching the film. Bernard Rose likely read a pair of articles by journalist Steve Fogira, who is a, someone who wrote for the Chicago reader and learned of a series of murders that were committed in Chicago in this very way. So someone was actually like crawling through medicine cabinets and killing people. So it's fucking scary. So scary. (laughs) <laughs> and fun fact here, the Chicago-based legend of Candyman is, of course, a work of fiction, but there was actually a serial killer known as Candyman, or THE Candyman, between 1970 and 1973. There was a man by the name of Dean Corll who kidnapped, tortured, and murdered at least 28 young boys in the Houston area. Corll earned his <laughs> nickname for the fact that his family had owned a candy factory. So there is a real Candyman.
0: <gasps> Condiment. Condiment.
1: so let's get into the <laughs> cast
0: <laughs> bernard rose's
1: screenplay garnered a huge amount of attention from casting agencies and virginia Madsen and tony todd were instantly trying to get parts in the film uh and it, to have a chance to work with the filmmaker so it was a, i think a big thing at the time virginia Mad- Madsen who plays Helen Lyle, she was basically just struggling to get work at the time. She's Michael Madsen's sister, if you didn't know that. Um, She was struggling to get work at time. She was friends with Bernard Rose and his wife, Alexandra Pig, which is a horrible name.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Change your name. You're in Hollywood.
1: But uh, yeah, so Alexandra Pig, who was a British actress and she was, I can't remember what show, but it was some like old soap or something. She was like a, on TV and she was kind of a name that was rising and she was originally cast to play Helen. Virginia Madsen was originally going to play the role of Bernadette until they decided to make that character African American and then she lost her part. As shooting was about to commence, Alexandra Pig discovered that she was pregnant with Bernadette Rose's child so she stepped out and the role of Helen went to Virginia Madsen.
0: (laughs) You took the role away from me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. Yeah, so. That's funny. Had Virginia Madsen been un- unable to step into the role, a producer by the name of Alan Powell was partial to Sandra Bullock as Helen. Really? As she was a relatively unknown at that point. Yeah.
0: Sandy B, I could do that. I could. I mean, they should have gone with, Could she already looked like her. Fucking Julian Anston. <laughs> yeah,
1: dude, she does look a lot like her. She just like her, distracted. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, so
1: Tony Todd plays Candyman. The role of Candyman, of course, turned Tony Todd into like, you know, a legend. I mean, he wasn't long off of starring in Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead remake, but, uh, you know, because that was only like a year or two before. But, you know, he was Mm -hmm. an horror icon after he was Candyman. But he wasn't the only actor in consideration for the film's title role,
0: Eddie Murphy was reportedly a contender for the part. <laughs> no. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy! <laughs> it's, Dude, the a it's the weird time for candy. Eddie Murphy, you know? It's the joke.
1: It's a weird time for Eddie Murphy. It's like... Pre- Vampire in
0: Brooklyn? Yeah. name?
1: He's making some bad choices. He could probably use He's something been like this. He's going serious?
0: Yeah. Yeah, like he made Harlem Nights and Boomerang. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? Beverly Hills Cup 3. And it's like, this pre... You know, night and Doctor Dillinger. I think that's where the money is. So yeah, this, that's interesting. I don't. I you you wouldn't buy it. You'd just be like, hey, yeah, Eddie Murphy with a hook. It's weird. Yeah,
1: man. very would be. He very could do strange. that now.
0: He'd fucking kill that now. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely. Then back then, I don't know. Would have been know so weird. It would be really distracting,
1: yeah. I think, as well. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he just comes in it's like, it candy like, candyman, who's there. Candyman, <laughs> candyman, Candyman, Candyman,
0: Candyman.
1: <laughs>
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Man, you look motherfucker. You're like, you're like,
1: you <laughs> So it's unclear exactly why he wasn't cast. I mean, sources have reported that it had to do with everything from his height, because he's 5'9", apparently. He's he
0: short as well. Would
1: have seemed, like, you know, really is it not nearly as intimidating as the 6'5". He'd Todd. have to wear a lift. But also there's... Yeah. Uh, with the big coat. Salary demands, of course. He probably was asking for a lot of money, and they definitely couldn't have paid. But Tony Todd... <laughs> recalled that there was a lot of skepticism from his colleagues about him playing Candyman due to the number of bee sting injuries that he would have to receive. And he persisted as he wanted to work with a director. And he said, I've always wanted to find my own personal phantom of the opera. So, yeah, it's kind of like oh, an interesting. Man. take. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful.
0: I mean, yeah. And there's only one really one bee riffic theme. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like the whole movie he'd covered in bees. It's cool. It's that one thing, but it fucked up. You Some just of those reasons, opening I, himself
1: up though, and just like, Oh, fucking, that shot, oh, so disgusting.
0: But it's the coming out of his mouth, and I'm yeah. assuming that it's Todd and not just like a dummy head. Yeah, we'll get to really we'll get to that very just soon. coming out. It's crazy. Oh my God.
1: Yeah, uh, another thing I read, which is pretty <laughs> crazy. He came up with the backstory of Candyman for himself. Apparently, I don't know no, how real that That's is. The but
0: fucking best bit.
1: Apparently, he came up with that. That's what I read. I don't know if that's true. But yeah, like the whole thing of being a slave, like, a well, a well-to-do f- child of a former slave or whatever. I can't remember that whole premise. But yeah, I read it earlier. Yeah. yeah he,
0: it's just. Yeah. yeah. He's a painter who
1: knocks up a white woman. And yes. Yeah. White woman. And yeah. Like, they don't got call by the, him. Got
0: by the lynch mob. It's a
1: great. They don't call him Daniel Robote in this film, but that's his name. Like, I don't think that name comes in until the second film.
0: Yeah, I saw him credited with that afterward, but I was like, oh, they don't—they don't ever name him.
1: Or Daniel Robitaille—that's his name, I think. But yeah, they—I do- don't recall them ever saying. Oh, I think it, no, in this but... movie
0: it's just Candyman. Yeah, I think yeah, he's I think just, it's just Candyman. Candyman in this yeah. one. But when I when I looked up the cast, like yeah. I always do for this, it's not like Tony Todd and it's not like Daniel something, and I was like, oh, maybe that's in another one, or maybe they didn't say it.
1: Yeah, I think I think that comes up in the second film because um, we have uh, we have Xander Berkeley, who's Trevor Lyle so that's uh, Helen's husband. But he I'll, another we'll, Peter Yeah, We'll talk about him doing in the a, same
0: thing he did in T two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll talk about him in a second, but um, there's Michael Culkin who plays Philip Purcell, and he's the man who is like the the the, the go to knowledgeable person about Candyman. He's the one who. Uh, The British dude, yeah, who's having dinner with Helen and her husband. So like, how will you bury me? (laughs) How will you bury me?
0: (laughs) Everyone's such a dick in this movie. So yeah, he's
1: appeared. He's appeared in both of the Candyman sequels from the nineties. Like he was back as Philip Purcell. and he's like he knew books and all that sort of stuff. So they expand upon Daniel Robitaille's like. uh, backstory and everything in the second film, Farewell to the Flesh. Okay. So there's a lot more about that, and he's in it. And then he comes back for mm. Candyman Day of the Dead as well. But uh, I don't day remember of the day. if I've seen that one.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Probably not. Did Tony Todd come back for them? Oh, yeah. He's
1: in all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. It's cool. his go to role.
0: It's worth maybe worth watching them.
1: We have Xander Berkeley as Trevor, and then Carolyn Lowry is Stacy. Dude
0: from the beginning you know you you know know right away you know know right right away there's something there
1: and i know she i love how she knows as well she's just like fuck you man like what's up with that who's this fucking student
0: (laughs) yeah she called them on it oh my god i hate it i love when she
1: comes back to the to the um house like or the apartment at the she's end. She throws
0: the paint on the wall. Yeah. yeah it's been a month. Like, and and the girl like and shit. Like
1: the girl just instantly just starts crying. She comes in. She starts like, crying. <laughs> uh, it's, so uh, it's so good. Trevor. Trevor.
0: <laughs> I, I would really hope, I was really hoping something different would happen in that scene. Because I don't know where the film is going. I'm like, yeah. Right here. She should walk into the bathroom and summon the Candyman to kill the two. Because <laughs> yeah. she can use yeah. them now. She just yeah. did it kill with the them. doctor. Kill <laughs> she can She can essentially use him. She yeah. knows the Candyman isn't going to kill her. Yeah. He's like in love with her or whatever. So that's what I would have done. But she's just so depressed in that moment. Maybe she doesn't yeah. think about it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would have done. That's what you would have done.
1: Yeah, just yeah, use it. For, I mean, he's obviously got the hots for you. Like, you know.
0: doesn't. But that's between me and... That's between me and
1: my God. Yeah. <laughs> between <laughs> me, me and my, my supernatural man. ghost man. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Cassie Lemons as Bernadette. Um, so her pal. I mean, she's great in this film as well. She's yeah. like, She's been in, she was like in a number of things like Spike Lee's school days, like vampires kiss. She was in silence of the lamb. So you so they, might yeah. see her pop up in a bunch of different things, but then yeah, she also, no,
0: recognize her. she
1: turned to directing. I didn't realize that she directed things like Eve's Bayou, like with Sam Jackson. And there's like, talk to me. Oh, so no, that I'm film sure. about like the sort of seventies, like uh, radio host sort of thing. And then you got like, Harriet, the really recently, like, uh, I think it was nominated for a couple of Tubman movies. Yeah, Harriet Tubman film. She directed that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, she Pretty did cool. that. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I have no idea. I liked her a lot. I liked her and Helen a lot. I thought they really carried the movie. And I yeah. thought, I think it said to Dusty when we were watching it, I was like, they make this now, they would be the couple. Right. Like, oh, that, yeah. it's a far more interesting <laughs> yeah. dynamic. Yeah, definitely. And she's the only person who believed her. Like I'd much rather just watch D two, yeah, than her and her yeah, stupid yeah. boyfriend. I mean, husband, that's almost kind of like what they did. with... I like them
1: with the new one. It's more like r- about the couple dealing with it and stuff because there's like a man and a mm. woman dealing with like okay. the issues of the curse. Candyman and stuff and the Curse of Candyman. Yeah. Um, yes, and one so of the rules. What are the rules? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it
0: gets a bit
1: crazy <laughs> in uh, the.
0: Rebukal,
1: like it's kind of all over. I gotta
0: watch it now. This made me. This made me really want to watch yeah. it. Yeah,
1: it's really good. though. I kind of liked it. We have Vanessa Estelle Williams as amory McCoy, so the mother of the poor child and the, oh, yeah. the poor dog. Um, oh God,
0: I felt so bad for her.
1: Yeah. I mean, from the get-go, you feel bad for her because she's just stuck in this, like, kind of shitty place and she just puts Helen in her spot immediately. She's like, oh, you think we're all, like, bad gangbangers and stuff? We're just trying to fucking live here in peace we we all do drugs. Trying to raise my my child Mm. and stuff, you know?
0: They're not getting him. They're not getting him. I like that line. I was
1: really confused, though, like, uh, when I saw that her name was Vanessa Williams and then I saw, so she appears, and I won't say anything else, but she appears in the new one um and oh, when I found marie yeah and it's like Vanessa Williams and I'm just like that's not Vanessa Williams and then I realized I was like oh there's two Vanessa Williams so there's I was confused cuz there's the <laughs> former Miss America of Vanessa Williams who's like a singer and actress and model and yeah all that shit oh. and then there's her and the make matters more confusing they were both in different versions of soul food which was like really popular back in the day. (laughs) So Vanessa Estelle Williams, who's Anne Marie in this film was in like some television like version and Vanessa Williams, the former Miss America was in soul food, the film. So let's make it more confusing. God damn.
0: But then there's also the tennis player. Oh, no, that's Venus. Sorry. That's Venus, fuck, fuck. <laughs> that's Venus, fuck. And Serena. Yeah. I think I put their name together. Verena Williams. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. We got, uh, Williams.
1: We got Dewan Guy, who plays Jake, the little kid. Basically, the only reason why I brought him up is because oh, I just, that I just thought he looked like Pockets from Hook, you know?
0: There you, are, oh. <laughs> there you are candy man he did lose his <laughs> yeah he loved <laughed> him good <laughs> that kid is so great
1: he's uh i feel bad for him though because helen's just using him she's just okay. like
0: oh just using him and it gets him in you're trouble like, you're not too afraid yeah.
1: to go in there are you like unless you're a chicken it's like yeah, fuck you, off. can Here's you help this, like, me stupid white woman who's coming into this like place with like hey, yo, five o coming up the
0: back door <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got nothing to bit. lose you're just coming here <laughs> fucking around for some fucking college thesis mm. and you got this little kid getting him into trouble there's like fucking like gang
0: members he like gets all her all back though
1: yeah that's true he does he gets her
0: back dude he doesn't mean fucking to burn that woman alive <laughs> yeah he, he doesn't hug. mean and he's right he is right in the end he doesn't mean to but he, yeah. does, he gets the Candyman. The Candyman is real.
1: Yeah. There was one last person that I wanted to bring up. There's, I mean, there's other people, but there's one person. Did you clock who was at the very beginning of the film?
0: Ted Raimi, bro. <laughs> yes. Ted Raimi. Don't even at me. The boyfriend. Ted Raimi is really. like the bad boy in the leather yeah. jacket. He does not. <laughs> like, like, holy shit.
1: Like, Julian, I watched this um, actually like two.
0: You're not weeks, that dude. Two or three you know? weeks
1: ago. And it was just to watch it because it was before it was chosen for an oh, oh my, you know, for this yeah, podcast. Yeah. So I was like, oh, sweet. I've already watched it. I can like not as much work needs to be done. But yeah, like I, I was just like, dude, he is not. He is not that guy. <laughs> like I've seen Intruder. And
0: he comes in. He's not think the cool the joke. guy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> i mean it he's is funny meant guy, meant to man. be
0: the, the guy the bugle you know and yeah and the evil dead henrietta or whatever yeah yeah he's great but it's just it was really weird i'm like is that fucking that baby brother
1: yeah it's just like he's not that guy
0: yeah it's it's
1: it's yeah. played funny anyway because it's, it's like obviously it's the woman telling the story like the
0: girl telling, the telling
1: helen because that during that whole urban legend bit at the beginning
0: yeah, because she's like, oh, so she's dating Michael, but then Billy comes over—that yeah. sort of thing.
1: I love, I love how this film plays with urban legends as well. I mean, like Candyman, obviously, is like very yeah. much like a, a mix of, like, it's almost like the hook, the hook urban legend, like you know, the killer with the hook that kills people, but also mm. like it's blended with like in this film, Bloody Mary, like is it what? Like I said, you didn't mm. summon; he wasn't summoned, in... um, in the story the by clive barker but yeah in the film bernard rose added the whole element it's very much like bloody mary where you say the name three times in the mirror and she comes to kill you so i love it though it's cool mm. i love urban legends i i thought the the beginning is really interesting where they're talking about like urban legends and all that sort of stuff and could you imagine taking that class yeah i really dug that really fun
0: <laughs> like <laughs> fuck really yeah. fun. <laughs> okay but with the thing with the with saying the name yeah. Did that have to happen? Or is he, is he killing people in this project just because they're there and that's where his like, remains are? And is it like he can be summoned anywhere by saying those names? And like, why isn't he summoned when Helen said it right away? But she come, he comes to her later? You know what I mean? Yeah. There's that bit where she's doing it with her friend in the mirror and her friend chickens now, but she does it five times. Does it not count then? It's like, a bit weird. It's all
1: over the place, isn't it? Like- in the
0: apartment, I'm not, a, yeah, like in the apartment when, you know, Anne-Marie's neighbor killed, I'm not assuming that woman said it five times in the mirror. She wasn't like a stupid kid. So like, it's a thing all these people are scared of in the project so they wouldn't, you know, taunt it. And maybe they're afraid of something real as well because there's the guy using the name. Yeah. But that's, that's the only bit that sort of confused me with the rules and, sort of what he did to her at the end, I didn't really understand what was yeah. going on.
1: It's a bit... It, like, it is sort a bit of ritual. All over the place. Like, they they kind of get a little bit more into, like, the Candyman being a bit more of a, a curse on the area. And it's, like, it's a lot about, like, you know, he's a plague that's sort of doomed to, like, sort of repeat mm-hmm. over and over. Like, and that kind of gets... That's why... That kind That's gets- why the ending
0: is so cool. Like yeah. it, it, uh, the curse parted onto her and yeah. it becomes Helen in the mirror. And, I, and she's terrifying in her own right. She's <laughs> fucking with the burned yeah. head. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool way to end. Because, you know, every horror movie has to have the twist end. You think the killer's dead, but they come back. And this one did like a nice little twist on that yeah um i guess he still does survive anyway
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it's
0: like because he's
1: a bit of a plague i guess he's just going to be there all the time anyway it is already strange dead, though right? because she like kind of pull. it's almost like she pulls him out of his weird fantasy thing that he's already dead but he's there and she can hurt him which doesn't make sense because he's a fan it's very it's, like, it's very it's nightmare very on
0: Street. yeah where it's like the it's like how far does the magic transcend right like so he can appear in your mind in your dreams and stuff then you pull him into reality but then how much power does he have in reality and it's really weird like and he's already dead so how can you kill him again it feels like
1: it. sort of like it loses me a little bit with that and i think that kind of goes hand in hand with like the sleepy element of it like because it's like it's a (laughs) bit confusing i think they do a better job it is
0: towards the end
1: literally they confine him to like mirrors in the, in the reboot wall and it makes it a little bit better. Like,
0: because, because nobody else can see him anyway. Yeah. In, in yeah. Yeah.
1: Movie. And it's, that's sort of like, they play on that a little bit more. It's like, if you, if you speak his name, he'll be there, but you can only see him in the mirrors. Whereas like, you can't, like, you can't see him doing anything else. he kill you you can't see him unless if you see him in a mirror. And it's really cool. And I like how they do it in that. Zone. So what,
0: you could just turn around though?
1: Well, I mean, he'll still kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but you won't see oh. it, is what I'm saying.
0: Like, you won't you see just him like ah.
1: there. You have to, you oh, can only see oh. him in reflection. Oh, that's freaky then. Which is really cool. They really confine it to the mirrors. So it changes it a lot because this is not like that
0: at all. So he's not hiding and, in walls.
1: Yeah, like, th- it's crazy because it's almost like, is they're doing person, both in this movie. Is that person like who you know was arrested? Like, did he actually do a lot of those murders? It's like who knows. I mean, is it really just like a, yeah. a lot of the problems that is going on in the ghetto, and it's just kind of getting blamed for like on this phantom? But then Helen like tempts or an urban legend, and she like pulls that urban legend out, and it's it's like one of those things where. I don't know people blame the boogeyman on on things you know and it's like there's perfectly perfectly reasonable explanations for things but then someone just comes yeah. and attempts it and gets gets a little too deep and it's like you're playing with mm. something you shouldn't be playing with sort of yeah so yeah it's, a, it's an interesting sort of thing to kind of dive into because I like the lore of Candyman and stuff and but it it does kind of get a bit confusing <laughs> for sure
0: <laughs> it does yeah
1: so let's get into the filming and the effects as we sort of wrap up here. We got three days of Candyman's filming was actually at Cabrini Green, while the other days were uh, spent in Hollywood sound stages. So they actually went to Cabrini Green to film uh, with plainclothes law enforcement on their side. Tony Todd and Virginia Madsen went into the buildings of Cabrini Green as part of researching their roles Uh, which they said was very useful, but it was pretty distressing for both of the actors. For playing Candyman, Tony Todd tried to act as a primeval boogeyman without overacting the part, which was tricky to do. He worked with special effects artist Bob Keen, who had worked on Candyman's Look. Bob Keen was known for doing stuff like uh, Hellraiser and stuff, so he was like fucking badass. Um, Keen first had uh, Tony Todd wear a machine... Controlled fake ar- right arm, but he found the movements of the arm too strict. And then King came up with the idea for mm. giving him the hook. And then he spent three hours making the hook. And <laughs> Tony Todd suggested that the character wear an eye patch. <laughs> okay, Bob now a pirate. said, no, no, he's not a fucking pirate yet. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, honeybees in Canny Band were controlled by Norman Gary. Who was previously tasked with killing Macaulay Culkin and my girl? Oh, poor Thomas J.
0: Oh no, he needs his glasses.
1: Jay. He needs his glasses.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Top five funniest film scenes ever. Uh, the bees were real. <laughs> <though>. Yeah, <laughs> Dude,
0: uh, the bees yeah, were real. Man, I'd like watching this. i was like this is like a better version of the Wickerman. event. This whole movie th- feels like a remake of The Wicker Man. Yeah. Like with the bee and with the and fucking the the burning the, end, the pyre yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it just reminded me a lot of it. But I watched that and I was like, why couldn't they do that with the Nick Cage movie? The <laughs> <laughs> Nick Cage movie looked like shit. <laughs> yeah. With the TGI and there's barely any of them. And this one that of load.
1: Yeah, movies. there's so many. They look they're, great. They're absolutely real. They were bred for the they film. They look real. And
0: uh, oh, they- Cute.
1: So that they looked terrifying, like, you know, fucking dangerous bees. Uh, They were basically only 12 hours old so that they could look big enough, but they were also not fully grown. So they had less powerful stingers. So they would be a little bit safer around the cast and the crew and the filmmakers, you know, if Mm. they did get stung. In addition to allowing the filmmakers to cover his face with bees Tony Todd, like you said there's the mouthful of bees scene he actually oh, did that that was real. He told TMZ that he wore a dental dam to prevent any bees from sliding into his throat but that doesn't mean that he didn't suffer any stings or anything. He actually was stung oh. 23 times over the course of he said the three Candyman films, but he said that it was worth it because he That's had a great bad. he had a great lawyer. And he got a bonus every time he was stung, and he got a $1,000 <laughs> a pop. So, yeah, it's like, fuck
0: $2,300. Not Man. bad. No, wait, more than that. $23,000. 23000 yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: Nice. It took half an hour for all the bees to get into Tony Todd's mouth, and he recalled being tranced out as he let all the bees out.
0: He looked like it. He got eye closed. Yeah, was like, like oh. Fucking oh. creepy, man. <laughs> Terrifying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Virginia Matson, on the other hand, was allergic to bees, and Bernard Rose thought that she was lying because <laughs> she was afraid. So she had to go to UCLA to get tested and prove that she was, in fact, allergic to bees. <laughs> but they found out that they she was. Most- <laughs> yeah, but they found out she was most allergic to wasps. So Bernard Rose was like, well, we'll just have paramedics there. It will be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine.
0: <laughs> No. Oh, it's fucking crazy. And they did it all over her face. She got the bee kit, like like a mouthful of bee kit.
1: Yeah. Fucking disgusting.
0: Really she said, weird.
1: uh, so we had a bee wrangler and and he pretty much told us you can't freak out around the bees or be nervous or SWAT at them. It would just aggravate them. Yeah. So they use baby baby bees on me. They can still sting you, but they are less likely. Uh, when they put the bees on me, it was crazy because they have fur. It felt like little Q-tips roaming around me. Then you have pheromones on you, so they're all in love with you, and they think that you're a giant queen. (laughs) I really just had to go into this zen sort of place, and the takes were very short. What took the longest was getting the bees off of us. They had this tiny bee Mm. vacuum, which wouldn't harm the bees. After the scene where the bees were all over my face and my head, it took Tony and I 45 minutes just to get the bees off. And that's when it became difficult to sit still. It was cool, though. I felt like a total badass doing it. (laughs) (laughs) She seems pretty cool about the film as well. She's always talking about how it's like, Mm. you know, the film that she's most known for. I mean, she posts this. She was nominated for Academy Award. I can't remember what film it was, but like, you know, she's gone on to like have some... Yeah, sideways. That's it. Yeah. So she had like she some successful, sideways. you know, roles and stuff. But yeah, she's like, yeah. so most she known in for Dune, this She would
0: not do, never forget.
1: Yeah. 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 And she's <laughs> and, like, oh, like, this is like, <laughs> this is the film role, though, that I wanted. Like, who doesn't want to have their own Halloween film? Like, it's a film that's shown every year yeah. and it's like immortalized. And she's like, I have that. It's great. That's cool. Yeah. That's, a,
0: that's a good way of looking at it.
1: Well, we were talking about the hypnosis, though. Phil, this is crazy. So, this is where the sleepiness comes in, I think. So, Bernard Rose also utilized hypnosis in his movie to wor- to work around what he saw as a cliche of excessive screaming in horror films. Bernard Rose came up with the idea to have Virginia Madsen hypnotized in the scenes where she's confronted by Candyman. According to Tony Todd, this process would occur t- prior to filming the scenes where he and Madsen interacted, and it would take roughly ten minutes per- to prepare. This was accomplished through the use of a professional hypnotist who established a keyword that Rose. Wait, would wait, wait! They actually point- did. Yeah, they,
0: they actually put her under.
1: They had a keyword for, her and he would use it to put her in a trance-like state ten minutes before they would film.
0: That seems unnecessary. That seems insane. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That seems just like why don't you just act hypnotized? <laughs> you know, you don't actually have to hypnotize your actors. I think it's they hypnotized the, the candy, audience. The candy candy man, it's Sorry. fucking
1: weird, like the whole thing.
0: Like it when I read weird. that,
1: I was like, "No wonder." What the keywords? Like,
0: <laughs> what the candy man? <laughs> Candyman? Candyman. <laughs> yeah. When I say Candyman, <laughs> you go under. But in that accent, Candyman.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just gonna like wake candy- up after listening to this, be like what? like, "What? What? Oh my god!" Yeah, I don't know, man. That's fucking strange. No, 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 no. Very strange. That's fucking weird.
0: Very. I knew there was something to it.
1: Far-reaching, like you know. I don't know. It's cool though. I Cooper mean, if, if it actually worked, I mean, I don't know how much I believe in hypnotism, yeah. but like, I don't know. I've seen a, I've seen a, I've seen a like a dude who did hypnotism, uh, do some insane card tricks at, uh, um, at a show once at a, in North Carolina. It was after the show. It was just me and like the band that uh, was playing. Like I was like the only <laughs> fan they had apparently, and they invited me to come back. <laughs> to the pool table in the back room and they were like "They this guy got a pack of fresh cards and he just started doing all these insane fucking things and it blew my mind I'd never seen tricks like this before and then he told me he was the hypnotist as well and i was just like for fuck's sake don't
0: get away from me get away, get fuck away from me <laughs> so who knows yeah. but i don't know how don't I talk Phil to me
1: about hypnotism i've seen Candyman. Uh, yeah i've seen <laughs> i've seen candy <laughs> Yeah, I've seen uh Darren Brown, you know, like
0: get away. Yeah, you gotta, Are make, you me, Darren Brown? You gotta make me off off. Of yeah, gotta make
1: me jump off a fucking building. I know you're gonna jump out of an airplane without a parachute. Darren Brown, fuck you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, the music for Candyman, the score you already said, done by Philip Glass. Holy shit. So my good. god so good this music it's so
0: it's good. so good and it's hits the tone perfectly like it's creepy and unsettling and
1: yeah
0: just fills you with fear as you go through but it is distracting because you've heard philip glass music heard in other quite distinctive movies yeah i like, oh, kind of sound like truman show it kind of sounds like this kind of sounds like that
2: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: um but that's the only that's the only thing it used so well in this like, like it wouldn't take it out it's just it's perfect for this movie
1: yeah and again yeah. it elevates
0: it really elevates the movie I really think it would be half as good without this
1: without oh, such like, a sure Absolutely. direction by Bernard Rose
0: and the music it just yeah. it just the music sets
1: the atmosphere
0: sets the atmosphere and it like make the whole thing whole like the connective yeah. tissue Could like you said confusing bit messy bit but that music is always there to yeah. fill in the gap
1: almost. plus it just starts hot as well because it like they do that insane um oh, with that shot top down shot the like, shining shot like, uh yeah like over yeah. the and i think they said that that was pretty groundbreaking like they had used some new lens or something and it never really had been done it was like a sky cam so they obviously were using like a um like a helicopter I or whatever shot. and it's so cool and it's just like the credits over top of the streets and stuff of Chicago and it just looks fucking crazy and then you get that shot on Cabrini Green yeah. and it's just like the music's playing it's fucking scary sounding it's just like you know you're in for something creepy as soon as that film starts but you know like Philip Glass he's known for doing like He's a you know proper composer doing opera theater film yeah. composition. You know he was
0: yeah. K- what's he doing, Candyman? The,
1: the Katsu trilogy, Mishima, Life in Four Chapters, Kundun, You know, and you said Truman Show. He did some big serious shit. But then he signed on to compose the score for Candyman. He apparently envisioned the film being something completely different. I don't know what he was told, but according to Rolling Stone, he said what I presume would be an artful version of Clive Barker's short story, The Forbidden had ended up in his view a low budget slasher Glass was reportedly disappointed in the film and he felt that he had been manipulated still the haunting music is <laughs> considered a classic score and Glass's own views seem to have softened over time he told Variety in 2014 it's become a classic so I still make money from that score get checks every year so he's like <laughs> 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 it's like you cool, shaka yeah. shaka <laughs> Candyman <laughs> had its like world premiere in uh, 1992, Toronto International Film Festival, playing as part of its Midnight Madness lineup. It was released in October of 1992 in the United States, where it made $25.7 million to own an 8 to $9 million budget. So yeah, it was, I think, a pretty nice little surprise hit you know, for a little low-budget horror film. During pre-production, though, Candyman's producers began to worry that the film might draw criticism for being racist, given that the villain was black and largely set in the infamous housing project.
0: But the movie's talking about racism. Yeah, yeah. That's frustrating. That's
1: the thing. and It's like (laughs) Bernard Rose's whole point. He said, uh, I had to go give a whole set of meetings with the NAACP because the producers were so worried. And what they said to me was when they read the script and it was like, why, why are we even having this meeting? you know, this is good fun. Their argument was why shouldn't there be a black actor being a ghost? Like why shouldn't a black actor play <laughs> Freddy Krueger, Hannibal Lecter? So if you're saying they can't be, then that's really perverse. Yeah. This is a horror movie.
0: that right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but some black filmmakers still uh, express their disappointment in the film. Basically that it perpetuated racial stereotypes. Carl Franklin, <laughs> who did a uh, devil in the blue dress, said that there is no question this film plays on middle, white middle-class fears of black people. It unabashedly uses racial stereotypes and destructive myths to create shock. I found it hokey and unsettling. It didn't work for me because I don't share those fears by into those myths.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, he'd write it playing on those fears.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Berner Rose, Mm. like, I think he found those kind of hard to to hear because his his goal to adapting the story was to upend the myths about inner cities. He said the tradition of oral storytelling yeah. is very much alive, especially when it is a scary story. And the biggest urban legend of all for me was the idea that there is places in cities that you do not go, because if you go go in them, something dreadful will happen. Not to say that there isn't danger in ghettos and inner cities, but the exaggerated fear of them is an urban myth. So, yeah, I mean, I kind of get what he's saying. Yeah. He's I think he did
0: it. Yeah, lives, I see but... both points. Yeah. I, I see both points, but, like, I see this very much watching it. I was like, at the movie that's definitely dispelling those myths. Could, could the Candyman isn't real. The whole point. Yeah. It's like, in real life, you know, there isn't this boogeyman to be afraid of. These are yeah. just people. And we put up the fucking invisible wall, these make-believe barriers and we're, we're causing this conflict. It's ridiculous. You know, um, them, you know, like this one scary scene is them just walking into the ghetto because it's of their own preconceived, you know, notion of what might and could happen. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. he did a good job. Like yeah, that yeah. Should, that worked for me. And you can see how influential that movie become, like, especially on someone like Jordan Peele, who's yeah. fucking remade it now, sequelized mm-hmm. it, but like watch get out. And it's, lots of references to Candyman now I'm only understanding retroactively mm-hmm. now that I've seen Candyman <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm seeing how people have used it since and I think I don't think it's hurtful I don't think it's a damaging movie I don't think it's getting anything back I think it was a quite progressive movie for the time
1: but yeah I mean Jordan Pill and Nia DaCosta they like totally took they took the mythos that was Laid out there by Bernard Rose, and it's like they expanded upon it, and they didn't. It didn't feel like they were like cover, like you know, redoing the story mm-hmm. at all. Like v- it very much like plays a lot with the original story, and a lot of it's told through shadow puppets and stuff, which is great. So it's not like you know, some films would take a old film and they'll either re they'll reshoot it, which is weird, or they the show the yeah. actual footage, which is also strange because it just doesn't look the same and
0: at the movie yeah yeah. it's
1: just like it's a bit odd but what they did was they used shadow puppets to tell the story and it was just moments throughout the film people would tell the story and these shadow which played into the urban
0: legend
1: it's really cool and like you know they're they're using the whole idea of which they do a little bit with this but it's instead of it being like um the fears of the urban housing project or whatever, like in people being afraid of going into the ghettos and stuff. It's all about like how white people have come in and like, uh, they created the ghettos and, Then as soon as they realized Mm. that they created a problem, they tore it down and gentrified it and built up high rises and then white people move in and like, you know, young white people come in and move in and like artists and all that shit gentrify the shit out of it and then they sell it off to developers Mm. and and build up nice bullshit like housing blocks like you see all over London and shit. So it's like it's really cool. It's really well done. I, I find it pretty Pretty scary at times as well, like uh, freaky, pretty good. Man, I I would definitely recommend. I'm gonna watch it.
0: One question though, because watching this, I'm like, definitely right. The sequel is about the kid, right? About Anthony, that's definitely like who Yaya Abdul Mateen is playing, right? (laughs) Just me shrugging, it's right there, dude. I don't know, it's right there. You could cut this out, but like, yeah. Like watching, I don't want like, to spoil oh, it, for right you, there Like that kid had the connection. Yeah, that kid is essentially the child of you know Candyman. Now. Yeah, we could uh, d- about like, oh, maybe they did it in the the other sequel. No, I wasn't sure. But if I was making a you know reboot now, <laughs> yeah. that's who I'd make it about. No, you're you're 100% he, right. Now
1: don't want to spoil anything, but you're 100% Yeah, right. cut it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smashed it fucking
1: yeah. smashed it bro Smashed it. but yeah apart from the 2021 Candyman we also you know it's a classic this is seen as one of the scariest films of all time you know you have Candyman as being one of the best horror characters ever you get two standalone sequels like Definitely. with 1995's Candyman Farewell to the Flesh and then 1999's Candyman Day of the Dead originally Bernard Rose did want to make a prequel about Candyman and Helen's love but the studio turned it down. So yeah. You didn't I, do it. I
0: read about that. Now I yeah. I think that would actually have been really interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just so, do the back. I,
1: I like it. I like Candyman. It's fun. It is a bit sleepy. I i I'm trying to figure it out, but I don't know. Maybe I was hypnotized. Maybe there's hypnotism going on. I've never experienced that before in a film. Mm. Um, but now I'm starting <laughs> to think every time I fall asleep during a film, there's some hypnotism going on. Or it's just boring. It, has, Brown, a boring, it has a boring. boring. It has a boring lull. It's a boring lull. It does, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Uh, Tony Todd's great in it. Um, but Phil, that's it. That's uh, the end of vampires, witches, oh and werewolves. No. Oh my!
0: Oh my! Oh no! The arc is over. Oh my! Halloween! Halloween! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna miss that theme. Song. I'm gonna miss this arc. It's been surprisingly good. This arc's been fun, but. We're going to have fun starting,
1: starting next week, Phil, because we're going <laughs> to usher in our other new little mini arc for the month of November called Two Thoughts Too Deep, which is uh definitely Too ripped deep. off from Ariane's brilliant naming of Too Fast Too Furious when we recorded Franchise. <laughs> but what is Two Thoughts <laughs> Too Deep? Well, inspired by, you know, our. Donnie Darko episode, we're gonna be looking at films that we thought were fucking deep when we were younger and <laughs> see how they compare to today, now that we're adults. And first up, heavy fucking hitter. Next week, we're finally oh, gonna man. find out why Hollywood won't hire Zach Brass anymore. <laughs> we're gonna that out. God
0: for anyone who remembered that joke. Yeah. I don't even remember what episode that happened in. Poor,
1: I don't remember it either, but it's
0: uh, bit classic. Gold,
1: gold—that's gold, Jerry. Gold yeah, it's 2004's <laughs> rom-com drama, Garden State. <laughs> Holy shit! God, is this We're film good State. or does we it hope just you have like the shin. A, a fucking good soundtrack? That's just—I think that's what it was. Yeah, We're that one. Try to figure out. Definitely that, out. that
0: one. <laughs> Got a great fucking soundtrack.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Phil, are you ready? Jesus. Two thoughts too deep?
0: No, not really. Yeah. Each arc has a different effect on me, and yeah. I feel like this one—it's <laughs> gonna be confusing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, you know. I some of them I know I don't like.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, and it's like I know these are bad, and now I have to go back and like figure out why. I mean, the sec- i think it's the second week. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, you'll figure out like all of the uh, films as we go each week. We'll tell you at the end of each episode, like we have been doing in recent weeks. Um, So yeah, garden States next, but we do have some interesting titles coming up. Uh, But I will say that one (laughs) will be probably still pretty good. It's just, it kind of fits into that box. of being these weird films that kind of like make you think a lot of thoughts when you're young and then you watch it when you're an adult and you're kind of like, that was dumb. So we're gonna we're gonna see. I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe we'll like really like Garden State. Who knows? <laughs> but you sure. to find Yeah, I liked week. it when I was thirteen. 14,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, as always, you can follow us at the PCC Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow me at Tall 4 All T-A-L-L, number four Hill on Twitter and Instagram. Phil, where can people find you?
0: I am that far away that on Twitter and in real life. I don't know why I did it like that. <laughs> I'm going to go home
1: and uh, you know, listen to new slang a little bit, you know. Just put that on. <laughs> just think about
0: yeah, things. Put that on and Do you ever just like want to do like and weird everything's stuff, okay?
1: You know? It's just, like, you know, like <laughs> Just you know, totally original things. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna
0: be so shit. Random. So random. Can't oh my wait. god, it's so random.
1: I can't wait. can't wait. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just kill me now. I can't
0: wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go stand on a camp van in the rain. Let's do it. <laughs> shit. Happy Halloween.
1: Happy Halloween, guys. <laughs> this podcast is presented by the Brad Crumbs Collective home of the Senecast, Cinecast, Caged In Copeland Connections, A Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast
0: network. It's family.